This is the Shanice Lewis Show, the number one podcast for plus-size women. With your host, the queen of curvy conversation, Shanice Lewis. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Denise Lewis. Today is Monday, August 19th, 2019. Make sure you're following the show's social media pages on Facebook at The Shanice Lewis Show and on Instagram and Twitter at Shanice Show. And make sure you subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcasting app. Today we have a very special guest. Cassie Jones McBride is an award-winning social entrepreneur who has a long-standing commitment to the empowerment and positive development of women and girls internationally and specifically in Detroit. In 2009, Cassie founded the International Fuller Woman Network, a body-positive initiative-based organization that connects women around the world to resources that help create a body-positive lifestyle. She has produced initiatives like the International Fuller Woman Expo in Africa, Asia, and the United States. Name 2013Ebony.com plus fashion power player, recipient of the 2014 Heineken Tastemaker Award for Community Excellence, 2016 Spirit of Detroit Awardee, and 2019 Corp Magazine's Diversity in Business Leader. Cassandra has dedicated her life to helping women overcome adversity, improve their self-image, and build a community of positive support and love. The 10th anniversary celebration of the International Fuller Woman Weekend is is October 4th through the 6th in Michigan, and we're going to learn more about it today. Let's welcome Cassie to the show. Hey, Cassie. How How are you? Thanks for having me, Queen of Curvy Conversations. I love this. (laughs) So let's start about talk about first how you got into the plus size industry because before you even created an event, you were already active in the community. Now, what were you doing and some of the things you participated prior to launching your event? Well, um, initially back in, I guess in 20, uh, 2004, I would say 2005, um, there was a traveling show that came into um, Detroit, and a friend of mine I worked with had moved to the uh, DMV area. And she said that um, I should audition for this um, show. It was called Curves. Um, so and Curves, it was called. And so um, I've never been a part of any plus-size thing before. The first time I've heard of anything like it. So I um, said, okay, I'll audition. And I got to be a part of the show, and it was the biggest show I've ever been a part of, or heard of, rather, because it was at Cobo Hall, the largest, you know, convention center in downtown Detroit at the time. So I uh, rented space um, to practice in, and the family flew in, and it was a big deal for me. And so I, after going through all that, I figured I was going to, you know, be a model and shut down the front because that's the only community I knew of when it celebrated plus sizes was um, in the modeling industry. So I said, okay, well, I'm just going to go ahead and do that because I loved it so much because it is addictive to be on a runway. And so 
um, that show, I was able to help secure a sponsor for Torrid um, for the little store and just they willingly like just gave clothes to the show and and um, just based on my relationship that I had built with them over the years, um, I said if I could get that for this traveling show, I could really do that for people in this um, city after they leave. And I also, the feedback from the show after I, um, it, it, after it was over, people said to me that they really felt um, humbled and, and inspired by seeing reflections of themselves on the runway. They didn't care who wore or who the designers were, but that they never seen so many people who looked like them um, on the runway. So I wanted to create the same feeling after that. So I, I formed, uh, along with two other women that I met in the show, um, a little production company. We started to produce shows locally. And then um, my work with another local uh, designer. She named me, I think she gave me a COO was her title of her um, small design house. And um, we managed to get over to Canada. Um, and that's where I met the creator of the concept of uh, Fulham Woman, which was uh, Georgia Greenwood. And then we decided to join forces and, and try to spread the uh, message of uh, what the expo could be, me tailoring it to a U.S. audience and uh, her continuing the mission in Canada. And we made an international event after that. So why did you want to switch from modeling to event producer? Because usually models would keep on modeling until the day they die because there's nothing else they want right. to do in the world but model. <laughs> right. So well, how, did I just you, how did you change? Well, I really felt um, I've always been connected to service, to the community. That's how I was raised. That's how, you know, all of my family is built. And I just felt that um, when there was so much feeling of support and love for the idea of seeing a version of themselves in the runway, I wanted to just create that same feeling for um, other people. I connected to um, the the industry not because of the fact that I wanted to be a model per se, but I wanted to um, have elements of support and, and that I found a sisterhood within auditioning for the show and practicing the show. And I think what's unique to the plus uh, modeling industry um, was initially in the, in the early stages, I think, was that there was such a sense of community around um, the act of believing that you're worthy of being on the runway and having the conversation with the people that you meet along the way. And the auditions are different because it's so welcoming and supporting of each other. And I just felt that there was more to to uh, the conversation than just modeling because if there's a journey to the runway, I've always felt. And if you, um, on that journey, you have to kind of develop um, a sense of um, awareness that then is displayed on the runway. And I found that it was important for people to always feel deserving of that spotlight, even if they never get to the stage, like in their regular life, they should be fulfilled and deserving, still deserving of anything that 
that makes them feel that same way that the that the runway gives. And that was more important to try to connect to people that way and give them something that is more sustainable than just one show. So what were your biggest obstacles starting a plus size fashion event in Detroit? Um, I think the biggest obstacle for me was believing that uh, there was other people um, that felt the same way. Because I, I didn't, I just knew that I needed to have it. I needed to see more of it, but I didn't understand that there was a real, real call for this. And people have been like really wanting to do more of this here. There were people who are doing some of the work in Detroit prior to me. Um, Sharon Dumas uh, was one of those pioneers in Detroit who were creating those conversations. I felt that um, it was important to um, try to um, connect to those people who who were under the same generation, um, and also um, who you know, with the society changing as as it was, and um, social media really just burgeoning at that time, there was so much opportunity for connecting other voices online, and I just thought that it was important to do that, but I just didn't know how much of a need it was. So. And also, too, whenever you are doing your own healing in, in this work, because there is a lot of healing that you are um, doing when you're events around feeling of uh, being body positive, because it's really a mind-body relationship, and having those kinds of emotions, you also then kind of what it is that you're feeling for your production. So I had to try to feel um, in my own in my own. I looked at my own body and realizing that if people didn't come to the events, they didn't come because they weren't there for me. That it was more about me producing an event that would make them want to be there. So I had to take myself out of it and try to heal separately from the event. I think that was the most challenging thing I had to overcome. So what advice would you give to someone living in a city that doesn't have a big plus community and they are discouraged about not being supported? Um, I think that the conversations you make um, in your own individual circles are the most impactful. And people who are afraid of uh, not venturing out are they have legitimate concerns because you just see all of that we see online and all these huge followings that people have and these influencers who seem to have all the answers and seem to have the support that um, they need to, to thrive. But it really is about just grassroots connection people. And you will find just, I never knew that I would have an event that would let be 10 years strong this year, but also, our very first event was sold out. We work on um, our um, television. I had interviews on, on Fox 2. And it was it was truly an amazing turnout. But it was all based on grassroots and hitting the pavement and doing the work and taking time to connect to the community. So um, I just want to encourage everyone that in being part of this movement, if they're an advocate and they're valid already, 
it's just really about uh, doing the work and really trying to make sure that you're more impactful for the people that you service. Now, you are celebrating 10 years, and your event is taking place October 4th through the 6th. So tell us what you have planned for the Fuller Woman Expo weekend. Well, it's a lot to celebrate because it is our 10th year. Um, although we haven't profited from the events we do as a nonprofit, we are 501c3, which is um, formally a way that we can start to ask for different forms of money from different people and then we're willing to give it for us to produce the events that we do. But we can make our events now more expansive and we've changed the focus a bit on what we initially were because we were just really about centering on plus bodies, but we're really trying to be more body positive and going back to what truly that means. So um, we're going to try to celebrate that and highlight those things that we want to do going forward within the work. So on Friday, we're talking about um, uh, sexual conversation when it comes around um, plus bodies, centering it on the fact that um, there are a lot of uh, perceptions of um, big love, as you were, or, or people having the belief that fat bodies aren't deserving of love and respect. And also people who live in that body don't believe uh, or don't know how to connect to their partners in a way that is satisfying and that is uh, supportive. So we want to have an event to talk about um, the sexual um, uh, freedom that we need to, to have within our relationships and um, with ourselves. So we have a, a licensed uh, sex therapist that will be there. Um, Planned Parenthood is one of the scientists will be giving out, you know, free um, contraception during the event. We have a fashion showcase. We have spoken word. Uh, we have a live musical performance and food, and just a um, just a real intimate um, conversation about um, how we should experience our bodies. So that is on the first night. Uh, we're bringing it back from our um, previous events we've done in the past. Um, which is what that day is called, Opulence. And then on Saturday is the Expo, which is our standard thing that we have um, over the past 10 years. So it's, you know, with vendors, with um, a fashion showcase uh, from featuring um, from all over the world. We have um, cooking with Q with, um, with uh, cooking demonstrations, and we have um, honorees for the Mia Amber Davis Award of Excellence. Um, will be awarded during that time. And we're going to have our Curvy Girl Lounge, which is free bodies and free pamper area for when that comes. And then on Sunday, which is our brunch, bodies, and conversations, now that we're a 501c3, we want to be able to uh, do programming that's impactful. So we want to make sure that we are mirroring the needs of the community. And so to do that, we need to hear them. So the... Uh, the Sunday brunch is going to be at Matrons, which is a, a LGBTQ cultural center um, in the Detroit area, in Ferndale. And we're going to invite the community out to help us set our body positive agenda. And although body positivity is um, typically centered, um, well, lately around um, thinness, um, it also has to uh, be more expansive. 
um, we need to advocate for people who are experiencing the most trauma by being in the body that that they have. But um, I also default to Melissa Fabello, which is a, a body positive activist. And but she terms it as what body positive should be is the basis of knowledge for what ableism, which is discrimination against people who are able-bodied, racism and colorism uh, based on skin color and sizeism, discrimination by people who present as they were born uh, or gender neutral, heterosexism, uh, thin privilege and sizeism, and how all that plays into our concept of beauty, how those forms of oppression deeply affect the way we experience our bodies. And that's the basis of, of what we're doing in our work going forward. So we try to be more inclusive. And so this is kind of like a a um, a fight and you know um, platform for us, even though we've been doing this for a while. But it's really it's a, a more um, inclusive new direction that we're taking, and we want to be able to launch it really during this weekend. Okay, your uh, reception is kind of choppy. I don't know if you could correct that. Move over to another spot or something. But... Okay. Can you hear me? Can you hear me now? Yeah. Yeah, that sounds a little better. So when will your okay. tickets go on sale? I'm sorry, can you hear that last part? When will your tickets go on sale? Oh, tickets are on sale now. Are you go to fullerwoman.org? Or you would go to Eventbrite um, um, under under search by our name, a full of woman. Uh, but it, you can links to modeling opportunities, um, volunteering with us, more about our organization, and ticket purchases are through our website, fullerwoman.org. So you've produced events internationally in Africa and Asia besides in the U.S., mm-hmm. and it's not very many people in the PLUS community that can say that. So do you think you get the recognition you deserve in the industry? Mm-hmm. Um, you cut off a little bit. Do I, do I get the what I deserve? What was that? I said I, I hear the you've last been able to pre- do you think you get the recognition you deserve in the plus industry? Oh, recognition. Um, you know, I don't know if if I don't get the recognition that I deserve. I think that a lot of people um, are aware of the work that I do. They may not know that I am behind it. I tend to not try to be in the forefront. A lot of to push the agenda more, more so. But I think the people who uh, need to know, and I think that others they are connected to the work that um, I've been trying to do, and that um, the message is is clear for them. I think that's what's most important. I think the recognition, um, rightly placed, will will come eventually. I mean, we, my mom always said, you'll we'll get our wings in heaven. So <laughs> I'm really not. Looking um, for that, I think it's important, though, to for people to connect to the history of this work and to understand where we've come, so they won't keep um, uh, the uh, the harm that has gone on in the past. It was really important for people to do their research and know who the valid entities are. 
in the community who's been doing the work. Um, I think that needs to be highlighted and recognized and supported uh, when you see that they're doing other things in the community. But I don't feel that I've not received it. I think that um, I've always been a person of protocol because I'm kind of old school when it comes to that. So if I see that there are things that are done in the past um, prior to my um, getting involved, I try to show reverence to that. Um, there's always, people say, you know, you can always, everything is the same, you know, you can, nothing is new. But, you know, the way that you do it is 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 new and unique and could be all your own. It takes a little bit more effort. And I think that some people are a little, I wouldn't say lazy, but they're just really um, very easily going into this work without really having a full concept of their own. I think it's important to bring your own voice to the work and glean from people in the past, but it's really important to show who you are and show up in the way that you need to. Now, you have elevated your advocacy to go beyond body positivity, and you now are working with Planned Parenthood. Tell us about that. Yes, actually, today I gave my resignation uh, to my position. I've worked and in the past 15 years. I'm in customer service at this uh, just this company, and but I've been doing this work um this whole time. And so I, I wanted to take a step back um, from doing um, the expo and the network because I felt something was missing. I really felt that I wasn't connecting in a real way to the community. I know I had limited resources, but I felt like my grassroots effort wasn't strong enough. So I stepped back and I joined the Economic Justice Alliance of Michigan and tried to see how policy is created and social justice on the ground level is done by, you know, just knocking on doors and canvassing and that type of thing. And um, through that work, um, I worked with um, organizations like Mothering Justice, um, and um, I met Planned Parenthood um, local organizer um, at, through um, at an event that I attended in Flint, Michigan. And so there I saw one of my um, body positive mentors that I gleaned from in the slideshow that she presented. And so I said, you know, this is where I, I feel comfortable. It's where I need to be. And so I went to her and I said, I think we need to be able to have the conversation about reproductive health in the black community. I don't see that that's really done. And she was honest about how, you know, she is a white woman and feels like the conversation should be guided by people of color. And I told her that we can make that happen. We need to be allies in the work. And so I started volunteering um, for Planned Parenthood, and I realized that um, my work um, also involved my own healing through my own personal story of, of having had services. And I was a young at Planned Parenthood and having a conversation with my, my family, uh, having an abortion when I was very young, um, and then having the shame of my personal choices um, and how that impacted the way I, I advocated, um, not feeling that my voice was important enough to advocate for. And then I realized that there's so much that we have to fight and that are not vocal when it comes to people of size, you know, people 
of size um, over a certain BMI, um, reproductive health care is less effective, or not reproductive health care, reproductive aids like contraception are um, less effective, some of them, the more you weigh. Um, birth control pills, for instance, are, are more, less effective, some of them, are the more you weigh. Um, there are um, stigmas around um, IVF. If you're over a certain BMI, you cannot um, have children um, unless you go on this drastic weight loss regimen to lose weight. Saying, in essence, that your fat body isn't worthy of having a child. And then there's always the conversation around having healthy relationships when it comes to um, to that. What we're trying to highlight in opulence this year, but that is some of the things that are um, supported and, um, and and advocated for through Planned Parenthood. And also, the medical industry, you know, fails people of size on a regular basis and routinely and um, and very harshly in different ways. And I think that having leading a voice, um, lending a voice rather to Planned Parenthood when it comes to um, the fact that the fact people really need advocacy and hopefully having some type of dialogue within Planned Parenthood structure is what I initially thought. But then working with them, becoming a national speaker for them, entering the country, talking about reproductive health and how it affects uh, my fat body and my fat black body then bring all of me to the table and, and, and um, making sure that um, people hear what I have to say. Um, through that, they offered me the position of Black Organizing Coordinator for Southeast Michigan, which is a newly created position um, based on um, what I bring to the table. It's the first one in the country. Um, and we have a, a strong uh, framework around Black Organizing for the national office. Uh, when they um, do their um, activations, like at HBCUs and at larger events, like Essence Fighting of that nature that they've done in the past. This is the first one outside of the national office, and I've started with them now, and I'm very excited about um, crafting a conversation around, um, around reproductive health and justice when it comes to people in the black community, specifically people in Detroit, and I'm just excited about this new journey, and, and it doesn't require me to leave part of me out of the conversation. Um, my fatness and my blackness and all of that um, is represented and encouraged um, in this new role. So I'm excited about that. And also with my body positive movement um, and what I do with Full of Woman is definitely still a, integral to um, having uh, reproductive health care and justice for uh, people of size that I serve in. So um, I'm just really excited about this new opportunity. Well, congratulations on that. Job well done. And do you have anything else happening we could be on the lookout for? Um, well, a past that uh, we're going to be doing a lot more work. We want to hear from our community. We want to branch out in um, ways um, in trying to be more service. Um, we are uh, trying to be uh, more impactful, developing programs that that um, really help people um, to live fully who they want to be without society's pressures or stigmas. And I just want to um, make sure that we are on the right path. So I just want to hear from everyone. This is something really past the expo that we're really promoting and supporting at, at this point, uh, which is October 4th through uh, Six, please make sure that you are, are um, 
connected um, to our website for more information and um, sign up for our mailing list. But also just help us do the work and make sure that we know of people who are doing the work too, if we can highlight and support them. I would really believe that we need to pull each other up and support each other in this work. And those smaller organizations that you mentioned or those people that feel that they don't have a voice or they don't have a social media following, we need to be there for them too and show them that we see them and we have eyes that see them and arms that support them. So we want to make sure that we're as possible as possible. So I just want people to follow us on all of our social medias, Fuller Woman on uh, Instagram, uh, International Fuller Woman Network on uh, Facebook, uh, Fuller Woman on Twitter, Big Beautiful Wellness also on Facebook, and just connect with us, and, and we want to hear from you. And what's the official website for the event? It's fullerwoman.org, fullerwoman.org. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on the show today. It's always a pleasure to speak with you and continue success with everything you have going on. Thank you, Shanice. I appreciate it. And I just have to love on you for a minute because, you know, I need to. I just want to congratulate you for being such a consistent force in this industry, in this work. You have really been at the top of of this industry from the beginning. You saw uh, a need um, for having this type of discussion and the fact that you've centered on um, the plus size community has really been a remarkable thing because people have tried that and have not um, fully um, committed to the work that, that you've done and demonstrated. So I just want to thank you for just not just this radio show, but all the work you've done in the community over the, the 10 years that I've known of you. So I just thank you for that and, and your work too. Well, thank you for saying that. I really appreciate it. And we will be in touch soon. Hopefully I can get out to Detroit. Yes. I've been trying to get get Listen. out there for the last 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, come on. We, we got we got a place for you. Come on through. All right. Well, we'll be in touch. But again, thank you for being on the show and enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you. Thank you for having me. You have a good day. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And thank you to my guest, Cassie Jones McBride. Make sure you check her out at the International Fuller Woman Expo happening October 4th through the 6th in Detroit, Michigan. I've been your host this evening, Shanice Lewis. Thank you for tuning in and supporting. Until next time, keep thriving in your curves and be blessed. You've been listening to the Shanice Lewis Show. For more info about the show, visit ShaniceLewisShow.com. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.